Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Treeblosser. Welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, made possible by Rotary District 7210. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People living by Rotary's motto of service above self. And today, Jonah, our very special guests are fellow Rotarians, Lou DiPaolo and Jim and his lovely wife, Noriko Moriata. And these people have come from the New York metropolitan area collectively. Right. And you know how I know that firsthand? Because producer Betty Renner and I picked the Nor- Nor- uh, the Moritas up on the train this morning in Beacon. Well, and we're Mr. very appreciative that Mr. they've DiPaolo come. Mr. DiPaolo drove himself from, from New Jersey, did you not? Yes, I did, and I got lost in Newburgh by taking <laughs> the wrong exit. Oh, you were almost here. You came all that way, all that well, way. We're well, very thank appreciative you for joining and, us. Um, Lou, good morning. Welcome to Radio Rotary. Good morning, Jonas, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, and Jim, good morning. Welcome to Radio Rotary. Thank you very much. And uh, Noriko, pleasure to see you. Thank you so much. Right. Happy to be here. Now, you have a very, very special um, story to share with us yes. involving the Second World War. And we'd like to start with Lou. Lou, you are a World War II veteran. I'm a World War II veteran, uh, U.S. Marines, and proud of it. And I fought in the Battle of Iwo Jima, and that comes into our story. Well, tell us about it. How old were you then? I was 18 on the island. So you're a young, young soldier serving our, your country in a very, very uh, vigorous battle, as we all know from those who either fought with you or know the history of it. And he was and a Marine, my favorite. Semper Fi. How about that? Semper Fi and once a Marine, always a, a Marine. Marine. Okay, so tell us the story from the beginning. The story begins really with about uh, being on the island and after the war, the war was then over. And uh, I went, well, we were deployed then to China to, to take the uh, surrender of the Japanese and to get their personal effects and stuff, such out of Qingdao, China, which we did. And one day I was on warehouse duty and I ran across a lot of debris on the floor. We were there and a lot of Chinese people were coming in and out of the uh, warehouse. We had to chase them out, but there was debris there. And I picked up a number of things, pack of cigarettes, Japanese cigarettes. And there was a letter there which had a stamp on it. So I put it also in my pocket. Nothing happened really now for 63 years. Because it's, because what happened? Fast forward. I mean, what did you do with those items? Well, I took them home. So that's 7,000 miles away. And uh, we I took them, put them away. I used some of them for uh, talking to other people. But otherwise, the letters didn't do they much. They were tucked away. They were tucked away. Well, let's talk about the letters that you put in your pocket. Had they been mailed and received, or they were never mailed? Evidently, yes. They had been uh, pretty much, yes, where they were, and uh, someone received them. And were they in English or Japanese? Totally in Japanese. And did you know what they said? Not at all, and that was part of the story. Okay. Because I then, uh, a few years ago, I happened to see Clint Eastwood's movie, um, Letters from Iwo Jima. And my mom and dad saved every letter I ever wrote, but I remembered I had a letter also. Didn't know what it said at all. Talked to Jim Marito one day in New York Rotary just a few years ago, and I said, "Jim, I have a letter." He said, "Well, bring it in next week, and we'll take a look at it." You know, before we turn to Jim, 
uh, who is going to tell us what was in the letter. Uh, remind people about Clint Eastwood's film, Let Us Dream well, Mojima. Well, Clint Eastwood had a, a, a film from the Japanese side, and it showed the humanity in that, and it was quite a, a lot of veterans don't like the movie. I particularly did like it and do like it and recommend it uh, because it showed the sensitivity of both sides of our of our battle. The battle's over. It's like a bar room fight. It's over. Shake hands and go home. I mean, it's not quite that simple, but it did turn out that way. I, uh, the letter was written by a 19-year-old young woman in 1943, sent to her Marine friend, Japanese Marine, who happened to be in uh, Qingdao, China, where I ended up and found it. So now, Lou, uh, you go to your Rotary meeting, and what Rotary Club do you belong to? New York Rotary Club. All right, and you've got a fellow Rotarian there, your good friend Jim, Jim. Marita, who is here in the who studio here with, with us. us. So tell us the next step. <clears throat> okay, and uh, when Lou showed me the letter, I read, of course, and uh, it was a very sentimental letter and uh, written by a young Japanese nurse, and uh, it touched my heart, and it touched my heart, and I said, well, this is a very important letter for the uh, Japanese families, uh, and I told uh, uh, I mean, we should uh, return this letter to the rightful owner. Well, Jim, and let's get a little bit about your background first. You're a member of the New York Rotary as well. Yes. And you were born and raised in Japan? Kyoto, Japan. All right. And um, were you uh, born during the war? Yes. 19, I was born in 1932. All right. So actually, you remember the war as a young, yes. a young, 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 young child. Yeah, yeah, about first grader uh-huh. when I was. Right. Yeah. And your lovely wife, Noriko, uh, were you born in, in Japan and raised there? Yes. I, am, I was born in Shimonoseki, western part of Japan and then came over to this great country about 30 years ago. Right, very good. So, Jim, you read the letter, and yes. you and Lou decide to try and find who wrote the letter? Uh, yes, and uh, luckily uh, we had the address of the letter, so I suggest Lou, I think we should contact the, the person that, 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 you know, to the address. But uh, uh, for, fortunately, um, Lou had a friend, uh, and his friend has Japanese, and I think apparently uh, Lou contacted that friend. Yeah, what's the next step, Lou? Well, the next step is actually we, uh, Jim set up a meeting, Jim and Rico set a meeting up at, and we had a meeting with the editor, publisher, owner of the New York Japanese newspaper, who did a wonderful job about uh, reporting what we had found, mm-hmm. showed a picture of the letter and that, and it went to six or seven different companies, in uh, newspapers in Japan, but nothing happened. We didn't get any response. And Noriko, uh, what, what was the next thing that happened as far, as, far well, as you know? Yes. After we read the letter, immediately I contacted Mr. Miula, who is a publisher of Japanese newspaper in tri-state area. Now, wait a minute. And a circulating... of the Japanese newspapers, Mr. Mueller? Miula. In New yes. York. In oh. New York. Then that sounds German. Oh, really? M-E-M-E-E. M I U R A. So it's a Japanese name. Okay. Japanese name. Okay. And he's the publisher of okay. this uh, newspaper in Tri-State area, and they also circulated in several cities in Japan. Uh-huh. So, and then uh, I set up meeting uh, with him at the Harvard Club. Uh, asked uh, Lou to bring all the. Uh, artifacts of the soldiers. And this Marine. is the Harvard Club where your New York Rotary Club meets? Yes, exactly. And then, it, well, uh, Mr. Miula was so moved 
to and then uh, decided to uh, write the uh, story on his newspaper. And then what happened is the meeting resulted in the very exciting and a dramatic article. And Jim and I enjoyed wonderful reputation about this story. Mm-hmm. We received many calls uh, out from our friends. Right. And it was a beautiful story. Uh-huh. And it was such a moving story of post-World War II and a seeking for a peaceful solution. And that's, of course, what Rotary is all about. We want exactly. to see to it that all right. peoples of all race, all creed, all faiths yes. can get along peacefully. Exactly. And then this required uh, cooperation mm-hmm. on a global scale, which Rotary Clubs sits there. Right. Yes, okay. absolutely. So what happens next, so. Lou? Well, now we had no response from the article in the Japanese paper as far as finding the owner or the writer of the letter or the family of the writer. And subsequently, I had a high school friend and a college roommate who was married to a Rotarian. She's the president of the Englewood Club. And we went further through his, my friend Ron Whitrick's uh, uh, contact to Katsunumi Tanaka who lives in Hiroshima. And he was born there and he even has a scar on his neck where his grandmother protected him from the bomb. Oh, wow. It's quite a guy. But he arranged to come over here and uh, take the letter back to Japan. But subsequently, at the same time, he had found, because he was in TV and that, Mm -hmm. he found someone in uh, Fukushima Minpo is a newspaper, mm-hmm. and a reporter found the writer of the letter. Oh, wait, wait, don't give it away. Let's get people <laughs> to hang on after the commercial break we'll to find it. out what happens. But first, let me remind our listeners that they're in tune with Radio Rotary on Hudson Valley Talk Radio and around the world by podcast on iTunes and at www.radiorotary.org. My name is Jonah Trebois, and my co-host is the effervescent Sarah O'Connell, and our very special guests, Lou DiPaolo and Jim and Enrico Morita, all great Rotarians. And Sarah, who brings us Radio Rotary this week? Well, Jonah, Radio Rotary is brought to us by Rotary International, Rotary District 7210, and the Rotary Clubs of Arlington, Poughkeepsie, Brewster, Cairo, Congress Valley Cottage, Fishkill, Goshen, Highland, Hyde Park, Kingston, and Kingston Sunrise. And we'll be back with more Radio Rotary after these important messages. Not all superheroes wear capes. Most wear jeans or sweaters or suits, just like ordinary people, because that's what they are. They are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, men and women whose superpowers are the capacity to care and the desire to make the world better. So the next time you need a superhero, don't look in the sky, look in the mirror. Learn more at Rotary.org. Rotary. Humanity in Motion. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. Jettleson, Giordano, and Siegel, CPAPC, is a full-service accounting, tax, and business consulting firm. JGS specializes in business succession planning, including ownership transition, management transition, as well as family and non-family transitions. The JGS staff works alongside you to solve the problems of your specific business or personal situation. JGS is conveniently located on Route 211 in Middletown, New York. To learn more, please contact JGS at 845 or visit them on the web at www.jgspc.com. Juddelson, Giordano, and Siegel, your essential partner in business. 
What would you do if a friend, coworker, or a loved one collapsed? Calling 911 alone will not be enough. Over 1,000 people a day die from sudden cardiac arrest. Many can be saved with early intervention. HealthSave offers CPR courses on a daily basis at our facility in Rockland County. We'll come to your home or business if you prefer. Call us toll-free at 877-277-6233. That's 877-277-6233. Or visit our website at healthsave.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-S-A-V.com. Leave the E off of save for emergencies. CPR training is for everyone. Learn CPR. Become a lifesaver. Hudson Valley Talk Radio and online at HudsonValleyTalkRadio.com. Hi, I'm Sarah O'Connell, and welcome back to this edition of Radio Rotary. I'm joined by my co-host, Jonah Trebwasser, and today we, we are really chatting about something really fascinating. We're speaking to Lou DiPaolo, who's a fellow Rotarian, and Jim um, Morita, who uh, they're um, wrote both Rotarians of the New York City Club, and um, Jim's lovely wife, Norika, is here. Um, Jim and Norika are of Japanese descent. Lou, Lou when he was a young man it, it's more than just a rotary story when you were a young man you were 18 years old you were in you were a marine you served in world war ii and you were in possession for 60 something years of a wonderful a letter was it a love letter or a letter from a young woman a young nurse to a friend of hers who was a japanese soldier you had obtained this letter during the war and had tucked it away had it for 60 something years clint eastwood's movie inspired you to actually open the letter, read it. Of course, it's presented to you. It, it, you're looking at it. It's written in Japanese. So you go to your good friend in your Rotary Club, Jim, to have him translate for you. You all collectively put together a campaign to get it published internationally to see if you can track down either the sender or the receiver of the letter. I need to ask, what was the content of the letter once you had it translated? What was in the letter? Norika? Well, actually, this young lady who is only 18 years old. When she wrote it. Yes. Yes. And she uh, really thought about how this classmate of ex-classmate of uh, hers. So it's a friend of hers who's serving in the military. Yes. And okay. I worry about uh, he, how's he doing? Is he still alive? And so it is very sentiment. Uh-huh. Very sentimental. Uh, yeah, very sentimental uh, for a Japanese young lady. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then the way she wrote was very uh, modest and uh, very Japanese style. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then my husband Jim thought it's a kind of very delicate gesture uh-huh. uh, to this Japanese soldier marine to so try and track these people down. Is that no, what you? No, uh, the lighting uh, style. To oh, I see. Thinking of him, if yes. he's okay or not. Right. Then he he really thought that it's great thing. It would be a great, wonderful gift for her to receive back this letter. I Some see. six decades later. Yes. So, exactly. So, and w were you successful in accomplishing this? That's where we left the cliffhanger okay. before the commercial break. <laughs> Jim, were tell we us. Were you successful <clears throat> in tracking down the author of the letter? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, we had, uh, you know, the letter had the address, and of course, I suggested Noriko. So that, that was a clue, to, a yes, place yes. to start. So we had to do uh, some uh, detective work 
you know, and uh, she did it, and uh, how she, you, you did it, you can explain well, well, I think, I think uh, Lou's Lou? can tell us a little bit more. Yeah. Lou, can you tell us what well, happened yes. next? Because we had reached a so-called dead end among us. We right. couldn't find anyone. And I mentioned it to my uh, college and high school friend, whose wife is a Rotarian, as I mentioned, to in Englewood. And he took up on it. Katz Tanaka in Hiroshima had a trace and a search with his friends in Fukushima and found the the writer of the letter. So through your rotary contacts, <clears throat> yeah. co- uh, 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 fellow Rotarians of Japanese descent, you were able to connect the dots all the way back to Japan and find the, the young nurse who's now how old when you, well, when she's you 64. connected? She's 64. She's 64 now. I'm sorry. No, I'm oh, sorry. So it was 60, she's 85 she's now. She's 85 now. And who presented her with the letter? Well, Katz found her and came over here, and I gave him the letter. I see. To take back, because he said I should come over to Japan and do it, but I, that was not possible. So Katz mm-hmm. took the letter back and traveled up 1,000 miles to her city she lives in and found her and gave it to her. But the story goes on that she didn't marry this young man, but her friend did. And her friend So he survived the war? He survived the war, but he was on Iwo Jima. Uh-huh. Now, he, we shot at each other. He you left Qingdao, China. You don't still don't take that personally. He might be a Rotarian. No, no. And 23, <laughs> well, the important thing here is that 23,000 Japanese were killed on Iwo Jima. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 216 survived. He was one of them. He was one of them. So what are the odds of that? He was captured and wounded and was treated in an American hospital and returned to Japan. Which, and lived 35 years more, I believe, and died there. But uh, he was married, has children, and his widow and Mrs. Uh, Yoshida. The author st- of the letter. Uh, author of the letter. Are still friends. Are and alive. still friends. They're still alive and living in. And Fukushima. residing. And what was her in reaction Japan. when somebody put that letter back in her hand after over 60 years? Mm-hmm. What was her reaction? Can somebody tell us? Narika? Oh. What was what was her reaction when she had that letter returned to her? Of course, she was in tears. Uh-huh. And then she really uh, mentioned gracious thank you in Japanese, arigatou gozaimashita, Lu-san. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Uh-huh. So that was thank you very that much, Lu. That was thank Lu. you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very That's good. all the Japanese I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed. That's good enough. <laughs> so, Lou, that must have really warmed your heart. It did. You and Jim and Orika. This is this. When you read the letter, knowing that you'd had this letter, you read it. It really filled your hearts, and you wanted to take action and make sure it got back to either the recipient or the author. It, do, it does, and in what Jim and I have discovered, and Rico that there's so many World War II veterans like me that yes. don't appreciate what's happened and what they have in their treasures, uh, their wartime memories. And, of course, many of them, they say a 1,000 a week or a 1,000 a day of uh-huh. World War II veterans are dying, but the point is they leave something behind, and the family doesn't know what it is. Jim, and, uh, between us, we've come up with a thought about what Rotary could do and how this might benefit and help in Rotary to get old artifacts back to their owners. Jim, you want to tell us about it? Well, of course, uh, this is a rotary. This is a rotary way. It's express, and uh, you know, based on that uh, slogan we have, uh, will it be uh, uh, our rotary be, uh, slogan? Yeah, slogan will be uh, built a goodwill and a bit of friendship. Mm-hmm. Based on that uh, thought, I think uh, you know. So you're really living. Active. You're living our motto. One of our. That's mottos. right. That's right. Yeah. So well, what, what steps, gentlemen, have you taken to convince other veterans 
uh, of the World War II era uh, to start Blue. saving some of this material, explain to the family what it is, and get it back to the original owners. Well, we're informally, uh, Noriko's cousin is a Rotarian president in, in Japan. Yes. And we are employed, we're going in that direction, and we're trying to get the message out to World War II veterans that the war is over and the fight's over, and let's get these things back to people who it means more to. I don't think the treasure of a letter meant much to me, but it certainly meant a lot to people, uh, the family there and the woman. Who I should wrote light it. candles and can have services for the uh, the killed soldiers. Right. Soldier the fallen soldier. It's amazing. So yes. we have this treasure we don't know what to do with, and through the Rotary and through uh, the Maritas who discovered and uh, led me to this thought process. Right, right. I'd like to pass that along as a mission that we'd like to and help. And you said something earlier about uh, be having been a Marine, and coincidentally, this young man was a Japanese Marine as well. And didn't you say, once a Marine, always a Marine? That's right. So you have that brothership <laughs> right there. You, might you were say connected that. right there. Yes. Yes. You know, our listeners love to find out a little bit more about our guests. So, um, Lou, tell us uh, when you got back from the war, what uh, profession did you get into? I was in the blueprinting business, and it was a family business, and uh, joined Rotary because of the pr Rotary principles, really. Mm -hmm, I love them. Mm -hmm. and how long have you been a Rotarian? Now 30 years. Right. I have my badge in my pocket in All case right. I wanted to be identified <laughs> today. <laughs> yes, and I see you have your Rotary pin on yeah, your right. lapel. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Remember the New York Rotary, which yes. meets the Harvard Club when? And Jim, how about you? Every Monday. And Monday. Oh, okay. oh yeah, I'm sorry. Course, uh, you know, I came to the United States as an exchange student in 1954. Uh, you, were, you were a Rotary exchange student? No, no. Oh, I was right. just a, you know, okay. universities and uh, uh -huh. exchange in 1954. And I spent four years in North Carolina. University there, and after that, uh, we came to New I came to New York. And, and what did you study in North Carolina? Uh, political political science. And where were you? Elon um, University. Okay. Yes. Yes, and then you moved to to New York. Where New did York. you Where did you meet um, Norico? Norico. Oh, that was uh, long years after. But uh, uh, when I came to New York, you know, I. Uh, I got a good job as assistant to the Council General of Japan, New York. Mm -hmm. Oh, how nice. I stayed there for years. Uh-huh. And uh, because I met the Norikos, uh, I don't know when, how many years. And, uh, <laughs> so many <laughs> She's years. blushing. Well, she obviously is <laughs> your child. Blushing. She's Thank your you. child bride, obviously. Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful yeah. woman. I mean, this is the only, d the disadvantage of, ro of uh, radio is you can't <laughs> see our guests oh. and how lovely, oh, you. lovely you um, are. <laughs> and how much this has meant to you. And um, you seem very involved with Jim's club, Jim and Paul. Um, the, Jim and Lou. Jim and Lou's club, <clears throat> the New York club. Yes. Mariko, um, you seem very involved. Uh, yes. yes with uh, the club. Since uh, uh, being a Japanese member at uh -huh. the New York Club. Uh -huh. So whenever something uh, like a Japan Day right. to promote Japan of to course. Rotarians, yes. and I was uh, always there. Yes. And also we had a great guest from France uh -huh. uh, who happened to be uh, uh, owner of the chateau, uh -huh. old quaint chateau uh -huh. in Normandy. And oh, we, lovely. yes, uh, we asked him to be a guest speaker. And also, so you, we had you really you are involved in club activities. Yes, I can see that. And I would international guess, level, uh, international level. I would guess that um, you have a, a, a very diverse membership. And there. speaking of great guests, the three of you have been terrific guests. We want to thank you, Jim, 
and Noriko Morita and Lou DePaolo for joining us on Radio Rotary. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very much. We enjoyed Great. it. And Sarah, who do we have to thank for bringing us Radio Rotary this week? Well, Jonah, Radio Rotary was sponsored this week by Rotary International, Rotary District 7210, and the Rotary Clubs of Millbrook, Newburg, New Paltz, North Rockland, Pleasant Valley, Port Jervis, Red Hook, Rhinebeck, and Southern Ulster. For Sarah O'Connell, this is Jonah Trebowasser. Thank you for tuning in and inviting you to join us again next Friday morning at 9 for another edition of Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio. Manja, manja, manja. It's Conger Valley Cottage Rotary's annual Italian festival, Sunday, October 2nd at Conger Station Park. Little Italy comes to Rockland County. Authentic Italian food, free admission, crafts, specialty vendors, live entertainment, and children's activities. Lots of easy parking, so save the date. That's Sunday, October 2nd for loads of fun at the ever-popular Italian festival. Rain date is October 16th. For more information, visit www. CongressItalianFestival.com. That's www.CongressItalianFestival.com. at the Rhinebeck Rotary's 21st Annual Golf Classic Tournament on Wednesday, September 28th, starting at 10 a.m. at the Red Hook Golf Club. Registration fee of $100 per player includes a round of golf with cart, morning snacks, and post-play barbecue, prizes and awards. Save the date, Wednesday, September 28th. For more information, call Greg at 845-876-7035. That's 845 876-7035. Four!